With Fidelity Wealth Management, a dedicated advisor can work with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Plus, you'll have access to specialists in estate planning strategies. So you're not just growing and protecting your wealth, you're sharing it. More at fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. This is the program that tries to take the mystery out of your financial life. And we do that by answering your questions. If you have one, just go to our website, jillonmoney.com. Click the contact us button. And of course, let us know if you would be willing to come on the air because that is so much more fun. Today and tomorrow, we are going to air a conversation that I moderated about retirement for CBS News. And it was fun because Nancy Chen and Carter Evans, who are two CBS News correspondents, had pieces about retirement. And then we had another expert, a guy named David John from AARP. He's the senior strategic policy advisor at AARP. We were just kind of spitballing around retirement. It's kind of a cool conversation. We talk about our own experiences. And, you know, I mention you guys now and again. So here is the first part of the CBS News Roundtable about retirement readiness. We're going to talk a little bit about retirement. We're going to talk about some of these segments. So let me start by asking you this, both Nancy and Carter. Let me start with Nancy first. Um, You are considerably younger than me and David. So what were you thinking about when you were assigned this idea around retirement? How did you think about retirement for yourself? You know, it's one of those things that, and when I don't want to get ahead of myself, but when you watch one of the pieces that we're going to be showing, it made me immediately look up what my current balance in my 401k is. Because I remember my very first job, I was maybe 21 years old. And someone said to me, max out your contribution on your 401k. And I thought, retirement is decades away from me at this point. Why am I thinking about this? And she said, max it out. That way it never even becomes part of your budget. And I thought that was very important. And so, yes, at this point, uh, I'm still a few decades and it seems like it, that goal line keeps on moving <laughs> further further down, uh, but uh, something very worrying uh, in many ways, even at this uh, point. You know, it's fascinating. So, you know, I host a daily podcast. Here's my shameless plug, Jill on Money. And I've written a book, The Great Money Reset. And I would say so many of the questions do come in about retirement, but they they come in from all ages, Carter. And it's fascinating to hear from people that are so early in their careers and they are now focused on retirement. Mm. I feel like, you know, when I started my career 30 something years ago, I wasn't really thinking about retirement. Do you sense a shift among generations? Absolutely. And I think millennials right now, I just read a statistic the other day that in general, uh, they're saving around 20% of their salary right now. And that wasn't the case when I was younger. Uh, I'm glad you think I'm so young. I'm actually Gen X. So I'm a little close to, closer to retirement than I may look. 
or at least I hope I am. (laughs) (laughs) But here's the thing. I think my generation is the first generation that is going to hit retirement without any pensions or without any things that the baby boomers still have now. And they're struggling with retirement in many cases. So uh, you talked about the 401k, Nancy. So I started one in my first job as well. And then I had a couple of rough years and I needed to, I needed to cash it in in my 20s when I only had $2,000 in there. And, um, you know, that's one thing that I really, really regret today. I wish I hadn't done that. I wish I hadn't done that because then it took me uh, several more years before I started saving again. And, and uh, you know, I've, I've been spending the last 15, 20 years really trying to catch up now. Now, David, in your role at AARP, I'm wondering, you know, what what is what are you trying to advocate for? You know, I have a lot of people who come on my pod and my radio show that I talk to all the time. And um, I'm sure you're familiar with Teresa Ghirolducci and you're familiar with Mark Miller. And these are people who have like done deep dives into retirement. And one of their big laments is simply that. Um, that in the United States, our retirement system is really quite broken. So what is it that AARP wants to happen for the American retirement system? Well, more than anything else, we want everyone to have the opportunity to save for retirement at every job, starting when they start to go to work and continuing on. And right now we've got data showing that roughly that's true for about half the workforce. Mm. And it's intermittent. Some people have jobs at one point that do allow them to save and others that don't. The other things that we want is to make sure that their savings can go with them from job to job. Because I can testify personally that can be really complex, even for those of us who focus on this. And last but not least, some way of fairly simply converting savings into income. Because as Carter pointed out, uh, he's going to retire with no pension, no traditional pension. And that means you've got this big lump of money that you've been saving for 40 plus years, if you're lucky. And now what do I do with it? And that's a really complex question. You know, it's funny when um, so. When I was when I talked to people on the pod and when I was writing my book, I realized that it can be very scary to kind of look at the financial aspects of retirement. And, you know, when I think about what it takes to basically conduct a reset in your life and a reset can mean that you go from one job to another. It can mean a whole different career. It can mean that you're thinking about how to get to retirement. It does actually require that you run the numbers. So I want to just uh, show the piece that we aired about being ready for retirement. And on the other side of it, let's talk a little bit on how, how we can maybe, um, make this a little bit easier, kind of break it down in easy to use chunks for people who are watching us. So let's air that first segment, gang. $2,450. Daniel Fitzpatrick's original goal, retire at 60. He's now 64. Fitzpatrick's a senior planning executive making low six figures with money worry. The benchmarks move as I get older. What's your timeline for retirement? Work till I'm 70. 
and then to look for something part-time afterward. The national average for one person to live comfortably in retirement, roughly $967,000 in savings. Every retirement scenario is different, but that's $74,000 a year for the average American worker to live out his retirement. What's troubling, the typical retirement account's balance, $144,000. The average Social Security benefits that people draw are about 20000 every year. And if you are just relying on Social Security, it will be very difficult to make ends meet. And yet 40% of retirees say Social Security is their only source of income. Waiting to retire at 70 maximizes Social Security monthly benefits for the financial challenges of aging retirees. The biggest expense uh, that goes up is, the, is the, are these medical expenses. How many more dishes are you going to make? Georgians like Fitzpatrick need about 850000 to retire, about what he has in the bank. There's still a fingers crossed oh, yeah. quality to all of this. If I had to retire and had to live on what I have right now, I'd be much more worried. At least he's on track. In millions of older households, retirement shimmers like a shiny but unaffordable object. Mark Strassman, CBS News, Atlanta. Okay, so that's daunting, million dollars. Okay, a totally misleading factoid, though. Let's just break that million dollars down, right, David? Because I bet your little shackles went up like mine did. I was like, wait a minute, that's not exactly right. So, okay, we know that 40% of people do rely exclusively on Social Security. Okay, but that leaves... 60% who don't, and some of them have savings and some of them have 401ks. David, what is the structure that you think about as people are looking forward to financially prepare for retirement? What are the aspects of that that you think are important to consider? Well, I think there are a variety of things, and it starts fairly early. As you've already pointed out, people need to know what they need, and that means budgeting in advance and keeping track of your numbers because you might be surprised at what you're actually spending money on. I know I was when I did that. (laughs) The second thing is to talk to your spouse or partner if you have one, because we always assume that our partners are agreeing with us and they may or may not. And that can make for some really interesting family discussions otherwise. But then it's a matter of if you can, as the piece pointed out, maximize that social security, especially now, because that's what's inflation protected. And once you've done that, then you come to the incredibly complex question of trying to convert his, say, $850,000 into that $74,000 or whatever he needs per year. And of course, that varies according to the individual. So many of those numbers are based on financial advisors who mainly serve wealthier clients, and they don't necessarily fit the average individual in the U.S. And you know what I'd like to just add in as someone who's crunched numbers forever, and I'm a certified financial planner, so I used to do this for a living, that each instance is so different. If I compare Nancy and Carter and just look at their retirement, I could give you average, I could give you median. But if you're freaking out right now, here's what you need to do to start. You need to actually put pen to paper or put your fingers on the keyboard. And you're really looking at five very important areas. 
I mean, because I come from network news, I called it in my book, The Fabulous Five. So one is you want to concentrate on the resources that you have, the money that you've already saved, but you also want to take into account, hey, what are the resources through my income? How much money am I earning? What kind of benefits am I getting? What would happen if I retired early or someone retired me early? You look at all of those things. You look at the debt that you're carrying is number two. You consider your house as is an asset. It is not just the place you live. You do talk to your partner, to your family about obligations that you've made. You know, and I think that when we really focus on retirement, you're 100% correct that it is the spending. That's the thing we can control. So Nancy, let me ask you, how often do you track your um, the money you spend more or less than when you look at your 401k? Uh, you know, I have the answer I should, or the actual answer, and the answer I would say if uh, my financial advisors are listening. Yeah, uh, they're not. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, I, I signed up for Mint, uh, so at least I could see where the money was going. <laughs> uh, and I bought the books. Uh, they are sitting on my bookshelf. Uh, beyond that, it's uh, I, I keep meaning to get around to it is, is the candid answer. <laughs> but you know what the thing is? Like, Carter, I find this also, which is, you know, when you're starting to track your money, it's not so much that, of course, you're going to find things that you are frivolous about. But the question is, like, how much of that do you think you want to capture? How much do you want to change your life to, you know, kind of make something different down the line? And it it's also like we're kind of judgmental of ourselves. Sometimes people will say to me, oh, it's my partner. I'm like, I think it's you. I think that you're not feeling so hot about this right now. So I think that there's something about. Um, about the numbers part that's really important with retirement. But also, of course, the other part is like the emotional part. And I think that to me, that's the kind of um, sort of the interesting part of the journey, which is how do you emotionally and psychologically prepare for what retirement is? So Carter, what's the answer to that? <laughs> well, you know, I've always said to myself and my friends, you know, I look at people who retire uh, you know, my dad, for instance, and is a little bored and can't think of things to do. And I keep thinking to myself, I have so many things I would love to do. I could absolutely keep myself busy during retirement. The question is, could I afford to keep myself busy? Could I afford to do the things that I want to do? Could I afford to travel? Could I afford to add on to the home, have all these little projects, have the expensive hobbies on the side? Will my health still you know, permit me to go surfing one of these things that I really enjoy in my 60s, you know, so I don't know the, that factor. But at least right now, looking at it, I, I feel like, you know, if, if I had to face this, except for the finance aspect, you know, I'm ready. As far as the financing goes, you know, I am on top of it now. I am on it every week. I'm on top of every charge every week, every person in the household. And we're really trying to conserve. I mean, we live in Los Angeles. It is very expensive here to live. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my wife and I look at each other and realistically, we're not going to be able to live here in retirement. Uh, we're going to have to move somewhere else. If we want our money to go farther, we want to have the type of lifestyle we want to have. You know, if we want to continue living the lifestyle we live here now in Los Angeles, that far out with whatever inflation is coming, we are going to need a whole lot more money than we have right now. I like how we like go back into like, by the way, being like in Carter's family, a complete bore. What a buzzkill this guy is like, oh, I'm counting every I'm penny every penny. week. That sounds fun. That's I'm great. No wonder I'm not coming out to I visit feel you. Like if I don't keep on it, every, I pay my credit card bills every week. And I feel every like, week. Yep. 
Yeah, don't keep on it, you know, with a household of four and things popping up and all these surprises, you know, a few hundred dollars turns into a thousand by the end of the month. And I could have caught it the first week and stopped it or said, hey, do we really need to do this right now? And so that's why I started paying them off every week, um, just just so that I could keep on top of it and catch problems before they turn into before hundreds turn into thousands. David, when you think about, you know, this topic of retirement and, and being emotionally prepared for it, I, I'm wondering, um, is there some advice that um, that folks at AARP, I know you've got a lot of people who write about this and mm-hmm. focus on it. And, you know, I find that it's tough to get people who are are identified through their careers and through their jobs. It's tough to get them to think about what happens next and are there some tips that you could provide just about how you might be able to even approach that kind of a person? Yeah, because so many of us uh, actually, we are our jobs, at least in our own minds. And uh, that that's a hard thing. Mm. As you've pointed out, retirement is a big change in life. It's not just the well, now I'm getting income from a, a, a different source or things like this. And you really do need to prepare for it. And you can get, I mean, there are coaches who will help or things you could read. We have plenty of them uh, on our website uh, there. But more than anything else, it's start to imagine what your life in retirement mm. should be. And you really need to do that a few years beforehand so you can get used to that. And then you can take your image of what retirement is and put it against your resources and your spending. And you can be a little bit more there, more correct with that. But the biggest thing I think is actually having a purpose in life. Mm. A friend of mine just retired a couple of weeks ago and he just uh, sent me something saying, well, you know, the house is clean. The, I fixed things. I'm incredibly bored. Uh, what do I do now? And it helps to have that in advance. It sure does. And, you know, listen, I, I, I want to come back to this because I do think that that's incredibly important. Just want to remind everybody, you know, you're 65, you're 68, you're 70, you're retiring. You could live another 25 years. And that's a really long time. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. We'll play part two tomorrow. If you have a retirement question, if you have a tax question, if you actually have an investment question, gosh, what could an investment question involve these days? Maybe you'd like a little tutorial in FDIC insurance. Hint, obviously it doesn't matter anymore because if your bank goes broke, the government's going to backstop us. So that's my takeaway, at least. If you have any kind of question that is remotely associated with a dollar sign, then please go to our website, jillonmoney.com. Click the contact us button. Let us know if you want to come on the air. While you're on the website, don't forget, you've just got days to subscribe to our new service, Jill on Money Live. That's where you're going to have access to quarterly live webinars. Our first one coming up March 30th with Ed Slot. If you have tax questions, you should absolutely subscribe to this new service because Ed is just our first guest. There will be four in a calendar year, all for the whopping cost of 35 bucks. Good deal, right? I think so. Anyway, you should check it out. Don't forget to leave us a rating and review on Apple and put your hands metaphorically on someone's back. Change your work, change your wealth, change your life. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework.